Thank you, Jesus. Come on, take a second to thank him. Begin to open your mouth and pray. Praise the Lord. We answer his courts with thanksgiving. We answer into his, pray, into his courts with praise. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. You've been so good to us. You've been so faithful. We've come to return all the glory and honor back to you, Father. We thank you for preserving us and keeping us. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that covers us, that cleanses us, that sanctifies us. Thank you, Lord, that you've had your favor be a shield around us. Thank you, Father God, that your favor goes before us. Thank you, Jesus, for your anointing that rests upon us, that dwells within us, the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. You're good. You're faithful. You're true. You're worthy of praise for all that you've done, for all that you're going to do, Lord. We thank you for it. We've come to return the glory to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus.
Just wanna be with you. Just wanna be with you. King of glory, build this place. Just wanna be with you. Just wanna be. Just wanna be with you. We just wanna be with you. Thank you, Jesus.
It was nothing, nothing but the blood. It was nothing, nothing but the blood. It was nothing, nothing but the blood. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go before the Lord and open up in prayer. Just lift your hands wherever you are and uh, begin to pray. If you have your heavenly language, if not, I'll lead you. Father, we thank you for this Friday night, young adults. Lord, we thank you for a great Friday night to end off August with. Thank you for being so good this year of 2023. And I thank you, Lord, as it started good. I thank you, Lord, it's going to end even better. I thank you for every heart that's here tonight. And I pray and I thank you in advance that nobody would leave here the same way they came in. Father, I thank you that you would meet everybody at their expectation. And Lord, we praise you for a great night of joy, fun, and of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Give a hand clap for the Lord. And uh, go out of your way. Say hi to somebody. Don't be uh, weird, but, you know, just, you know, like take a couple steps. You know, you can get out of your aisle. I'll give you a couple minutes. It's not that big of a deal. There's no formality. Uh, yeah, I will just keep keep going. We'll we'll just I'll just come. You know, great to see everybody. It's wonderful. Just gonna walk over here. You know, why why not just be just never get to walk. So what's up, everybody? Great to see everybody. What's up, man? Dude, it's great to see. You. I like I I told myself like I never walk around when I preach, so I figured I'd just start now. So that way, what's up, man? Good to see you. What's your name? Malcolm. Everybody's Malcolm. Great to see. You. Great great to see, you, man. Welcome to Young Adults. It's good to have you. All right. Uh, if this is your first time, do we have any first-time guests here today? We do. We have a couple of guests. Great. Great to see you. Let's give a hand. Welcome to our Young Adults. If you don't know, my name is George Garcia. Uh, we have Houston Young Adults once a month, and this is our main event. So it's a great time. We're glad to have you all. And uh, we do one service a month, and then we do one what we call hang nights a month. And uh, this past what day was it? Tuesday? Tuesday. Right? Tuesday or Thursday? Okay, there was a lot of people there. Come on, help me out. Tuesday. Uh, we had a pickleball night, and we had like 30 people there at pickleball night, uh, and it was pretty It was pretty fire. So uh, I don't know if you're sore. I'm kind of sore, but it was fun. Good night. So join us for pickleball. Sometimes we go to Top Golf. Uh, I'm thinking of doing a guy's paintball hang night. Uh, yeah, it's going to be cool. Girls, we'll figure that out later. Y'all can do whatever y'all want. I mean, just kind of making plans here. Uh, funny story, for my bachelor party, uh, you know, uh, my bachelor, you could imagine what that was. Uh, it was, uh, I. what they made me do was, there was like, how many guys did I have? I probably had like 20, no, somewhere close. It was like 20 guys. And there was like one big square arena. And so there was like three houses, one here, one here, one here. So, like, five guys lined up here, five guys lined up here, five guys lined up here. Oh, there's one here. So, basically, there was this big square. I mean, it was, like, probably, like, a size of a little less than a football field, but it was big. So, they made me run through this whole thing. And when I say I got lit up, it was not fun. It felt like it, felt like it was Iraq in there. But, uh, you know, it was good. Anyways, I'm saved. If you were expecting a wilder story than that, it was going to happen. But anyways, glad to have y'all. It's going to be a great night tonight. Amen. Who's already having a good night? All right, good, yeah. Hey, chill out, okay? It's it's going to be all right. So anyways, 
Um, like I said, my name is George Garcia. Uh, one thing before we start, uh, after the tonight's service, I do encourage you to hang around. We will be having nachos in the back. I uh, hear the nachos have cheese, some sausage, uh, and whatever else it has. But it's going to be good. We encourage you to stay. It's going to be fun. Everything's free. Just eat some nachos. And, uh, you know, nachos. Who, who would ever thought nacho night? Look at us. Who would have thought? All right. Uh, before I start, uh, I got this book. Who did Leadership Secrets of Jesus? I know a couple people in here. Okay. We have a lot of new people since we did the Leadership Series which the leadership series is the GOAT series. I wish I would have recorded it when we did it. Um, but I'm thinking of starting another one. Uh, what it is is it's via Zoom, and I might do it on this book called Growing Up Spiritually, which is uh, – I'll just read you the chapters real quick. Uh, it's going to be fire. This is a – I mean, my introductions to my messages are always kind of weird. All right, so it's it's broken up in a couple of parts, but – like, one is locating yourself. That's chapter one. Uh, number two is babyhood, and that deals with innocence, ignorance, and irritability. Uh, three is childhood, which deals with unsteadiness, curiosity, and talkativeness. Uh, number four is manhood, and that's esteeming earthly things lightly, deadness to sense, uh, censor or praise, and ability to recognize God at work. So... I mean, it's pretty good. And I think spiritual maturity is, uh, and there's some more, you know, the carnal man, the spiritual man, the right diet, which I need to figure out that one. Because um, I look like, in this outfit, sorry, I'm not, not to mean that I like roast myself, but I look like the best HEB manager there ever was. Like, if you go to HEB right now, he's wearing the same outfit. I promise. If you go to Chick-fil-A, you know the manager is who he is because he looks like me right now. So I look like somebody who failed accounting school but still trying to go for it. Uh, if you're a failed accountant, I'm sorry. Anyways, uh, but, yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's this book. It's going to be great. I'm not saying it's official, but I figured I'd see who's interested. Uh, who would like this topic? It would be a good topic, yeah. I think it's going to be a good topic. Anyways, um, I'm going to put that here because I don't need that. And then uh, I brought a non-iced water this time. Because if you hear last time, somebody gave me the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. It was terrible. I couldn't talk. All right. So who's, who's glad to be here tonight? All right. Somebody breathe a little bit. I can hear the AC a little too loud. It's like when you hear the AC, you know it's, it's quiet. Um, but so tonight, I, I, before I go into my message, I kind of want to, I'm not going to recap, but I, I kind of want to share some points that I feel went good with uh, with my message tonight from a message I preached back in July. Uh, and that message I preached was called, uh, Don't Let This Year Be a Copy of Last Year. Who was here for that one? That was good, yeah. Don't Let This Year Be a Copy of Last Year. Um, and I'm just going to read over some of the points. Uh, but I basically talked about, um, so I'm just going to repeat some stuff and then just bear with me. But uh, everybody say this, every year, Every month, I am changing. All right, let's say that again. Every year, every month, I am changing. All right, amen. Uh, and then, so, one of my points was to become born again is to become a new creature. If you don't know, uh, you know, maybe you're newer or, or even some of those, but when you become born again, and you may say, what's born again? Well, when you give your life to Christ, 
you become a new creature. It's, the Bible says you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. So because Jesus has entered into your heart, you're not the same person you once were. Um, and so if you want to, Joey, if you can put up 2 Corinthians 5.17. Again, I'm just going to kind of breeze over these. But 2 Corinthians 5.17. Is this bothering you? Is this in the way? No? Okay. Good. All right. Nobody spoke up, so I'm just going to assume not. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. That's a great space background. Uh, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, there's a mouse on the screen. No, I'm just kidding. Behold, all things have become new. <laughs> all right. So, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? A new creature. Okay. So, if you're in Christ, Isaiah, what does that mean? You're a new creature. All right. Brie, what does that mean? All right. All right. There's a couple of Bree's in here. So, whatever. Stephanie, what does that mean? New creature. I'm assuming you said new creature. The AC was so loud I couldn't hear you, but new creature. All right. So if you're in Christ, you're what? A new creature. All right. Great. Uh, it says uh, old things have passed away. All things have become new. So once you receive Jesus, and if you've never received Jesus, tonight you will have a chance to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All right. So uh, what, is a new uh, what does being a new creation actually mean? It means you have now become born again, and you are a kingdom citizen. Uh, you know, just as, let's say you're not from this country, and then uh, you come to America, then you legally should become an American citizen. If there's any immigrants here who aren't citizens yet, I'm not, like, calling you out. I'm just telling you how it goes. Uh, where's my grandma? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyway, all right, uh, being born again becomes a kingdom citizen. It's the same way as if you become, if you weren't saved and you become saved, you've now become a what citizen? A kingdom citizen. You've entered into the kingdom of heaven, all right? You've received a new identity as Christ. Um, in Romans ten twelve, if you want to put that up uh, quick, it says, for there is no distinction between Jew and and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. I know that's a mouthful. Okay. For there is no difference between Jew or Greek. You can change that out. There's no difference between Mexican, Asian, white, black, whatever you want to call it, brown, yellow. For there is no difference between Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all that what? Call upon him. So, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are. If you call upon the Lord, you will be saved. All right. So, I'm just going to read over my points really quick. Point one, it says to be become born again is to become a new creature. Just went over that. Point two, you no longer have to identify with your worldly environment. And if you're taking notes, uh, you can rewrite these down. So, one is to become born again is to become a new creature. So when you're born again, you're a new creature. And point two is you no longer have to identify with your worldly environment. You no longer have to identify with your worldly environment. And then I wrote this down. I said, question, are you saying that God will let me stay in the same place? And, I, and the answer to that is, 
And the answer to that is yes, if you choose to be. So point two is you no longer have to identify with your worldly environment. There's some people in here that are from Galena Park. They'll let you know you're from Galena Park. But guess what? You don't have to know, you don't have to tell everybody you're from Galena Park. Just kidding. Uh, you remember like 10 years ago? Who's here between the age of like, I guess it's older than that too, but you remember when everybody put like NALF side? It was like N-A-W-F. And then it was like, you know, just weird stuff. It was like, okay, they want to identify with Northside, but really they're from, like, the woodlands. It made no sense. But, you know, you don't have to identify with their worldly environment. Um, all right. And point three was in order to see change, change is required. In order to see change, change is required. Somebody tell me what that means. In order to see change, change is required. What's up? What is it? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. In order to see change, you have to change your habits. Anybody else? What? Quasha, yes. Yes, that is a chapter from Leadership Secrets of Jesus. Yeah, exactly. You can't do the same thing and expect something different. You can't plant apples and expect oranges. So... Uh, and that's kind of going to transition to my message today. So uh, point one, again, just if you're taking notes, to become born again is to become a new creature. Point two is you no longer have to identify with your worldly environment. Side note, you, you can continue to identify with your worldly environment, but you don't have to. And that's what point three means is in order to see change, change is required. In order to see change, change is required. And the last scripture I kind of want to put up to go over this, oh, oh, I have more points, but Deuteronomy 30, 19. Deuteronomy 30, 19. In order to see change, change is required. Yep. If you drive, okay, if you drive down 59, who here knows the roads? I don't want to lose people. Okay, all right. So, like, only the guys. Okay, not being sexist, but... Oh, there you go. I Sorry, I didn't see you. You're like in the dark spot of things. All right. Well, if you drive down 59, guess what? You're n- no way going to end up hitting 45. You got to go 59, and then you take the 99, and then you hit 45. But you keep driving down 59, you'll never hit what? 45. So in order to change, you must uh, change is required. All right. Deuteronomy 30, 19, it says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life that both thou can we do it in new king james or nlt i'll let you choose just those thighs and thou's are getting me right now i don't know if it's because i just had a c4 and my like pupils are dilated or just you know maybe i'm hungry or something uh thank you today uh, so the, okay the bible says today i have given you a choice a what a choice all right all right, all right. so what does a choice mean yeah, you got options, right? I got options, all right? I got options. Um, so I've given you the choice between life and what? All right, life and death between and curses. Yep. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that who makes? You. I. Say I. I. I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make 
Oh, that you would choose what? So that you and your descendants might live. So the Bible clearly states, I've given you life, I've given you death, and I tell you to choose life. But guess what? Who has to choose life? You. You. Nobody, I can't come and make you choose anything. But guess what? Isn't it awesome that you're here tonight, and you could have been anywhere else on your Friday night, but tonight you're here choosing what? Life. Life. And point four, uh, it, it, this is the last point, is God honors order and movement. God honors order and movement. So in order to see change, change is required. And God honors order and movement. Uh, uh, we'll go to Proverbs 4, 25 and 26, but we'll start in 25. So it, it, you'll notice in the Bible a lot, everything that God has made unto you requires action. It won't work for you unless you start to take action. It's not enough to read the word and just say, and that was good. Or man, let me tweet that or X that, whatever you want to call it these days. Let me thread that. There's too many things. Who actually uses threads? Anybody? Yeah. Who used threads the first week? Exactly. Everybody did. It was easy to sign up. All right. Side note. Sorry. I just have, I use this as my venting session. It's okay. Um, I'll tell Courtney, like, can you believe what happened on X? She's like, what's X? I was like, never mind. I'll get it. I'll just talk about it when I preach. Uh, all right. So God honors movement. So, yeah. Anything, everything you read in the Bible is awesome, but it requires work. It requires movement. Faith without works is dead. Somebody tell me where that scripture is at. It's like the most common. James what? Five, right? James five? Come on. James five. I want to put it up there. Somebody, anybody. Help your brother out. James 2.26? Oh, 2.20. All right, let's go to James 2.20. We'll go there real quick. If you have your Bibles, turn to James 2.20. I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to get into my actual message. Just wanted to recap. James 2.20. James 2.20. Can I go here? Mm, that's not the one I'm looking for. anybody hate quietness i mean sorry i'm i can you know what's funny is people think that i like i talk a lot which i may do sometimes but like when i'm home i love to i just love to sit and like not that sounded weird i don't just sit on the couch and like weird but i like i can go like forever without saying anything i can just be quiet at home it's so great 
Like that noise that AC is making will just put me to sleep. All right, that's enough of my personal life. It's starting to get weird. All right. <laughs> I seriously. I think I'm looking for 226. No, it's not 226. I'm looking for the scripture after it, but sorry. 217. Okay, maybe, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think, I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, let's just, everybody, let's just read the whole book of James. Let's just have a Bible study right now. The live stream viewers probably think the audio went out. They're probably like trying to refresh the page. It's good. It's a good night. We're just having a great night tonight. Um, okay, let's let's go there on the NLT. All right, let's just YOLO this thing. James two, seventeen. Let's James two. Let's go to James two seventeen in the NLT. Yeah. All right. Let's just let's just find out for ourselves. All right. So you see, faith by itself, okay, isn't good enough. Is everybody paying attention now? I know I lost a lot of people in there. All right. So, so you see, faith by itself isn't good enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Next verse. Now, some may argue some people have faith. Others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Okay, this is like. I feel like I'm reading like Shakespeare. Can we go to New King James? New King James, please. And go to, we'll start at 17 again. I'll explain my point once we're done reading this. I promise there's an actual point. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? Dead. All right. So if faith by, okay, whoa, can I go back one? Thank you. Uh, faith by itself, okay, so faith by itself, if it does not have what? Works. What's another? Somebody give me, uh, Malcolm, what's another word for works? Anything. All right, action. Action's good. Somebody else. Who else can I see? Drew, give me another word for works. He just said action. <laughs> Leslie, what's another word for works? You're looking up the dictionary? Oh, sorry. What, what's another word for works? You can, you can get boo for a lifeline. Fruits, 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 fruits. Oh, back there. Hey, great to see you. <laughs> all the way back there. Uh, all right, yes. Okay, so works. Another works is action, uh, you know, movement. It is with, so without, without action, faith is what? Dead. It don't exist. That was really, like, aggressive, Asia. She's like, it don't exist. <laughs> so faith, okay, so if you have no works, you don't have what? Okay, all right. So faith without works is dead. Next scripture, that's what 18 says. It says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. So show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. This kind of sounds like it's kind of twisted, so I'm going to read that slowly. It says, show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith, what? By my works. So, 
I spent a little too much time on that. I didn't mean to go that long on that point, but um so yeah. What was point four? God honors movement. God honors movement. So if you find if you can read all this great stuff, but if you don't what? Act on it, it's no good. It's no good. All right. So that's leading me to my message. That took way longer than I actually wanted that to, but it's okay. So tonight's message uh, is going to be called Relationships and Environments. Relationships and Environments. And I'm probably not going to finish this one, but it's okay. We'll get, we'll get through. Relationships and Environments. So... I'm not talking about, so I'm not actually, like, talking about the, like, a woman and man relationship. Like, I'm not talking about, like, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife relationship. I'm more talking about who you choose to spend your time with and where you choose to place yourself. Like, tonight, you chose to be where? Here. All right. And if you're dating, you choose to be with who? Okay, there was too many too many answers there, so I'm just going to pretend like I didn't ask that. All right. But you choose to be with your other. Or if you're married, you don't have a choice. You've already committed, so you're there. Amen. All right, where's Courtney? <laughs> I can hear her steaming somewhere. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so question. Uh, and you can write this down. Uh, why are your relationships and your environment so important? Why are your relationships and your environment so important? Why are your relationships and environment so important? It's because your relationships and your environment affect you spiritually and physically. Your relationships and environment will determine your drive, your standard of living, your character, and even the fulfillment of God's plan in your life. Pretty deep. Your relationship and your environment affect you spiritually, physically, and your relationships and environments will determine your drive, your standard of living. What's your standard? Somebody tell me what a standard of living is. Yeah, how you carry yourself, what you feel normal around. So, like, you know, Giada's from Italy, right? If Giada lived in Italy, and then, like, her first week in Houston, I took her to, like, Little York and Mi Tienda, she would be, like, freaked out. Why? Because she's used to being around Italians. And then she's like, what's an elote? And I'm like, don't worry about it. Just eat it. Uh, but, you know, I took her out of her environment, and now she's uncomfortable. So your relationships and your environment will determine the standard of your living, your character, and the fulfillment of God's plan for your life. Somebody give me an example of an environment. What's an example of someone's environment? Group of friends. That's good. What else? Workplace. Yeah, workplace is good. Uh, what about, like, neighborhoods? Neighborhood is a, is a group environment. Party, you said? Party. Okay, party. Anybody else? Nobody? Environments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Environments. Surroundings, yeah, yeah. Where you like to hang out, if you, if you hang on the heights, you probably like trendy stuff. If you hang on the woodlands, you're probably 
like kind of boring like me. Uh, where? Oh, if you hang on Galena Park, you probably don't wear deodorant. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's nothing to do in Galena Park. Sorry, is who's all from Galena Park here? I talk a lot of mess about Galena Park. Okay, so just y'all. That's good. All right. Have you ever heard the saying, you are what you eat? Yeah? Don't look at me. I've been eating burritos like all week. So that's why I'm starting to get shaped like a burrito. All right. I used to be shaped like a chicken breast. Now I'm shaped like a burrito. All right. So uh, have you ever heard the saying, what you are is what you eat? Or have you even heard who you are is who you are? Sorry, I'm still picturing, like, a burrito, like Larry the Cucumber, if you grew up in church. Um, okay, so you are what you eat, or who you, who you hang around with is who you'll become. Yeah, yeah. So why, ha- why has everybody heard that? Why? Because they, you probably heard that growing up. Maybe your family member told you that. Maybe your mom told you that. Uh, but it's because... There, uh, there is a biblical and scientific, is that, that's probably not the right word I'm supposed to use there, because there's a biblical and science law of you will reap what you sow. There is a biblical and a, and a scientific law that you will reap what you sow. So it's not all, I'm not, that's not just like a Bible term, oh, what you reap you'll sow, or it's not just like, uh, you know, a horoscope thing where, you know, they just stole it from the Bible and they slapped a horse in a circle. Uh, but it's actually a law. If you sow apples, you'll reap what? Apples. If you put into your 401k, actually, that's a bad example because, you know, just depending on what year it is, you lose them. But anyways, you know what I mean. If you, reap, if you sow oranges, you'll reap what? Oranges. All right, great. So let's look at Galatians 6, 7 through 8. Who's having a good time tonight? This is great. I'm enjoying this night. It's a good thing. Again, we have nachos after this, so feel free to eat. It's like it's almost like kind of funny to say. You would almost think that's like a ghetto thing. Like, yeah, we have nachos in the back. All right, let's look at Galatians. As your H-E-B manager for the night, no, I'm just kidding. All right, let's look at Galatians six seven. All right, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man what sows, that he will also all right, so whatever a man, he'll also reap. All right, somebody tell me what that means really quickly. Okay, yeah, what you put in, you will get back. All right, so next verse, verse 8. For he who sows to his flesh will reap of the flesh, will reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So, flesh is flesh and spirit is spirit. You're a spirit, soul, and a body. So, guess what? If you work out, what are you, what are you, what are you putting into? Your body. But that doesn't put into your spirit. If you read your Bible, are you going to lose any weight? No. Maybe well, you'll catch something and it'll, you know, it'll convince you to lose weight. But you're not going to lose weight reading the Word. So, because it's what? It's a spiritual thing. So what you put into the flesh, you'll reap out the flesh. What you put, you put into the spirit, you'll reap in the spirit. So there's two things that this, this, these two scriptures tell us. Number one, if you're taking notes, is what you sow, you will reap. What you sow, you will reap. And number two is 
if every man will reap what he sows, somebody take a guess. What does that mean? If you reap what you sow, what does that mean? You get what you give. So that means if every man, so number two is, if every man will reap what he sows, that means that he is responsible for his own destiny. If every man will reap what he sows, that means that he is responsible for his own destiny. Say that with me. I am responsible for my own destiny. I wrote Selah. That means, like, pause. Think about it. If every man will reap what he sows, that means he is responsible for his own destiny. Yes, there's the will of God, but guess what? He says, I've given you life, and I've given you death. I tell you to choose life. So what does that mean? It means you have to choose. He can lay it out for you. He gave us his word. He sent his son Jesus to die for us. But in the end, that all means nothing if we never choose to apply it into our life. So there's the will of God, but you are the one who's responsible for your own destiny. It's, it's, everything's a choice. I could walk out of this room right now if I chose to. And you'd be like, what the heck was that? I just chose to walk out. But I'm choosing to lean on this pulpit and stand here. It, everything is a choice. You have a free will. But that goes back to what I was recapping is to see change, you must do something different. Everything requires action. You can read this word, but if nothing is put into practice, if nothing's changed, it doesn't matter because nothing was actually put into place. It's kind of like with like if you think of like a gym membership. I'm going. I'm re- I'm just referencing the gym a lot because I miss Anthony. Um, but when, when you can right, it's like you go buy the gym. It's easy. You can go to Planet Fitness right now. Pay ten dollars. You can even bring a friend for like life. Why do they? Why? Why in your right mind would a gym say, "Give me ten dollars and you can bring a friend every time"? It's probably because they know you're not coming, okay? That's why they say, you can just bring a friend. But it's because it's not you buying a gym membership, but it's actually you going and applying it to yourself. That He literally just texted me. Anthony just texted me. I don't think he knows that I'm preaching right now, but he just texted me. That's hilarious. That's so funny. I don't think he knows I just mentioned him. Anyways, sorry, not to lose everybody. Okay, he literally just asked me. I'm sorry. All right. Anyways, if every man sows, if every man will reap what he sows, that means he is responsible for his what? His own destiny. All right, so let's go back. Why are your relationships and environment so important? Because you are the determiner of your own destiny. If you're taking notes, why are relationships and my environment so important? Because I am the determiner of my own destiny. I am the determiner of my own destiny. And if you are the determiner of your own destiny, then who you are and where you place yourself is very important. You can even write that down. Where, uh, who I am, who I'm with, and where I'm at is very important. All 
All right. So I'm going to I'm going to read these seven things in Proverbs. I'm going to move kind of quickly because I don't know where time went. But uh, in Proverbs 13 and we'll go 15 to 20 in the New King James. I'm going to read these seven, but I'm trying to get I'm just trying to get to the last one. I just like that they all contrast. So I'm going to breeze through these. It says good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is what? It's hard. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings what? Health. Oh, uh, yeah. Poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. And I think this is the one where uh, a desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. And this is the one we're getting to 20. He who walks with wise men will be what? Wise. But the co- uh, companion of fools will be destroyed. So he who walks with wise, wise men will be what? Wise. Why do you think that is? Why is it that when you, the Bible says, when you walk with wise men, you become wise? You start receiving their wisdom. You start acting like them. So why? Because one who walks with wise men will imitate his wisdom and vice versa with the fool. When you begin to walk with smart people, subconsciously, you start saying, like, dang, I need to step up my game. Or like, even like our millionaire dinner that's coming up. Why do we, why do, for our millionaire dinner, why don't we go to Cane's? Or why don't we go to uh, like Taco House on Irvington? Why don't we go somewhere like that? It's because we're putting, it's a night of vision. So we place you in a nice place because if you go to Cane's, well, you, you can just go to Cane's any day, right? You can go to Cane's right now. It, it, it's like, what, $9? Actually, Cane's got expensive for some reason. Not expensive, but they just charge a little more these days. And the chickens are a little smaller. Shrinkflation, anybody? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways, but it, it's 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 because it's because we you shift your mind when you're sitting in a nice venue with a great steak in front of you. You're like, man, I'm starting to think differently. That's why for your birthday you don't go to you know McDonald's. You go somewhere nicer. It's because you're like, I'm gonna treat myself. I'm I'm it's, it's gonna be different tonight. Well, it's vice versa with the fool. You start hanging around with stupid people, you're like, I'm ready to do anything. Like, in high school, me and Drew, we would go to the golf course, like, at 1 in the morning and throw golf balls at each other. Like, talk about the – and Boo was there, Joe was there, too. We do stupid stuff because we – that's just – we all – it's like, what should we do tonight? Let's ride our bikes and throw golf balls. And, like, without hesitation, we just went for it. It's kind of like you just hang out with – you know, you just do whatever. But, like, obviously none of us were white. I'm just kidding. Um, so – all right, say this. Who my friends are are a reflection of what I want to be. Some of y'all are like, whoa, hold on. I don't want to say that. Because some of my friends are. Yeah. So say that again. Who my friends are are a reflection of what I want to be. Where I place myself, I'm okay with becoming. See? Some of y'all are like hesitant. You're like, oh, but think about where you place yourself. You should never, I remember my parents always told me growing up, don't be a trash can. And I was like, am I that ugly? And they're like, no, that's not what I meant. And, but, but they were saying, don't let anybody just dump 
whatever they want to say into you. Don't, if somebody's venting about their problems, don't just let anybody say whatever. Don't, don't let anybody bring it, like, because words are powerful. God created the heavens and the earth with words. And so we have life in our words. So if you just, if you're okay, what you're speaking now, that's why, that's why I don't have y'all say stuff just to make sure y'all are paying attention. I don't have y'all say stuff just to, like, be cool. I mean, I don't even think it's cool, but I have you say stuff because when you, when you say something, it's different than just, like, hearing it or reading it. It gets in your spirit. So let's say that one more time. Who my friends are are a reflection of what I want to be. Where I place myself is what I'm okay with becoming. In 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. So 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. There is no denying that what you surround yourself with will determine the person that you are. In the leadership series, uh, in the leadership series, uh, we did, we, there was a statistic that I always share that says your income is 10%. Uh, somebody tell me the statistic. I'm forgetting it. Your income is 10%, uh, within 10% of your seven closest friends. Your income is within 10%, which is a very small percentage, of your seven closest friends. Think about that. Think about, like, your seven closest friends right now. Think about how much they make, what they do for work. All pretty similar, right? It's because... That's who you are is who you'll become. That's why the Bible also says, um, I'll just keep reading before I get sidetracked. But so there is no denying your, you, you, um, who you surround yourself with will determine the person that you are. Get this. Even if you say, because there's people that say this, oh, people don't change me. I change people. People don't change me. You don't change me. I'm not like them. I just like hanging around them. That's kind of like another one people say. I, I, I'm not really like them. I just, you know, I'm just going to go minister to them. I don't know why I'm talking like I'm, like, from New York or something. But it's just, like, just starting going that way. But, you know, oh, like, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, you know, people don't change me. I'm me. Shut up. All right. People don't change me. That, like, see, I just want to punch somebody. I mean, praise God. Makes me want to kick a fat kid. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. People don't change me. That's so annoying. I, that's so annoying. I'm like, my blood's boiling just thinking about that. I'm picturing people's faces in my head. All right. People don't change me. I'm not like them. I just like hanging around them. Guess what? Okay, so get this. Pay attention. Even if that was true, right? Even if it was true, people don't change me. Even if that was true, who you hang around with will tell other people who you are. Who you hang around with will tell other people who you are. Oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. They, they hang around with, like, nothing but kids. That, or, oh, that's so-and-so. Yeah, they, they're just really quiet. Or that's so-and-so. Like, oh, they, they skip church on Sundays. Like, oh, that's so-and-so. They, uh, they, they just do their own thing. It's like people make assumptions based on who you hang around with. And so even if that was true, which it's not, people, change, people don't change me. Who you hang around with will tell other people who you are. If, if, there's a saying that I was told also growing up, if it looks wrong, it is wrong. 
If it looks wrong, it is wrong. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. If it looks wrong, it is wrong. That's why if you ever are trying to make a decision, oh, should I go there? Oh, should I do this? Oh, should I say that? If it looks wrong, it is wrong. I'll share another saying I have. Where there's room for assumption, there's room for confusion. Where there's room for assumption, there's room for confusion. That's a good saying. We need to get that framed. That's a good saying. Yeah. This room for this is my wife Courtney, by the way. You weren't here when I was like never mind. It's okay. We're on good terms. We're on good terms. All right. So who you hang around with will tell other people who you are. All right, and I'm um, coming up, kind of coming up to the close. So if the worship team wants to come up, feel free. If not, I'm sure we have CDs in the back. It's okay. All right, so let's move on. Proverbs 22, 24 through 25, and the New King James Version. So remember, who you are, who you hang around with is who you become. So in the Bible, it even says, make no friendship with an angry person. And with a furious man, do not go, 25. Least you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. Go back to 24. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man, do not go. 25. Least you learn his ways and set a snare for your, uh, for your soul. Set a snare for your soul. Proverbs 27, 17. This is one of the goat scriptures of all time. 27, 17. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace is for gold. And a man is valued by what others say to him. That's not the right one. 27, 17. Sorry. I was like, this is not my scripture. It's okay. Just go with it. As iron sharpens iron. Who's heard that before? Iron sharpens iron. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, you read it in like a motivational book and then you just realize they ripped it off from the Bible. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpen it, sharpens the countenance of his friend. Of his what? His friends. His friends. What's another word for friend? Associate. If you don't really like them, associate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, your friends. So it goes back to, who you hang around with actually does matter because you start acting a different way. You start talking a different way. If you have a friend who's unmotivated, guess what? You're okay with being unmotivated because nobody's challenging you. If you have a friend who's really going for stuff, really becoming successful, you're starting to think, man, like, I need to do something with my life. It's because where, that's, why it, that's why the Bible says there is safety in the multitude of good counsel. It's really a mouthful when it comes off like that. There is safety in the multitude of good counsel. Why is there safety in good counsel? Because they'll lead you in the right way. Because they'll help you. When you don't know what to do, you can lean on your counsel. Because they'll say, no. Or, or even, even the reason why it's even great to have good friends and have friends who are past where you are, where you want to go, is because when they, good friends, when they see you going off, they'll be like, hey, you're going off. Hey, you're, 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 you did something different today. They'll start, good friends will start to notice change in you. And they won't just let you change, but they'll be like, hey, just want to tell you, you know, I saw this different, blah, 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 blah. They'll help you. They're friends. 
Friends isn't always just being like, oh, you're, just, you're so awesome. You're the best. Like, your breast smells like an angel. No, your friend would be like, like, have you ever had, like, a booger or something? And then, like, you realize nobody told you anything. You're like, whoever I was just with hates me. Like, okay, it wasn't that deep. Like, you don't have to wow that. But, like, you just realize that nobody loved you. No, I'm just kidding. But nobody was there for you. You'd be like, you aren't, you, you're not a real friend. But then somebody tells you, like, hey, like, you got something here. You're like, you're a real friend. Exactly. A real friend will help you out. <laughs> so how does this relate to the Bible? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but so I, as Iron, I called for the worship team. I don't know if you heard that. Sorry. I, I wasn't serious. We have no CDs back there. So help me out, please. <laughs> what a beautiful name. I'm just kidding. As iron, shine, as iron sharpens iron. Slowly losing it. So man sharpens the countenance of his friend. The Dake Bible says, as hard iron or steel sharpen a knife, so a man may sharpen the intellect in the moral and spiritual life of another. That was deep. As hard as iron or steel sharpens a knife, so as hard as iron or steel sharpens the knife, so a man may sharpen, or you can say, so a friend may sharpen the intellect in the moral and spiritual life of another. In the moral and spiritual life of another. It is biblical that you have good friends around you. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of speaking to the choir because you're here tonight. It, you've decided to place yourself in this Friday night service here, here on Friday night in the multitude of good people. You could have been anywhere tonight, but you chose to honor God with your Friday night. And guess what? God honors what you, guess what? What you sow, you'll what? You'll reap. And that's with money. That's not just with money, but that's with time. That's with helping people. That's why you realize people who like, like there's people out there who like will help anybody move. I mean, they will help anybody move. And then when it's time to move, it's like everybody wants to help them. That's why nobody wanted to help me. It's because I never helped anybody move. <laughs> I, I once helped somebody move. And if you don't know, Pastor Sandy's my, my parent. My Pastor George and Sandy are my parents. You know, yeah. Anyways, uh, somebody told me, as I, I, the one time I went to help somebody move, and uh, they were like, hey, you probably did this a lot since you're a pastor's kid. I said, no, this is my first time. This is my last time. I'll never do this again. And somebody even told me, like, I was moving. Uh, they were, I, w I was like, yeah, I'm moving this week and blah, blah. They're like, oh, you want us to, you like, we can come help you. Yeah, yeah. I said, nope, because when you move, I'm not helping you. Don't, uh, it's okay. I would rather pay. I would much rather pay for somebody to come move my stuff. <sighs> this is great leading into an altar call. Amen. Who had a great night tonight? I always have fun. Friday nights are, Friday night young adults, they're once a month, but they're great. If you don't know, we're uh, on the road to 100 young adults, so uh, we're believing to hit that before the end of the year. Next month, I'm kind of going into announcements, but we'll go into offering announcements. But next month, I'll just let you share. We have a lot of giveaways. We're going to be giving away $500 cash. We're going to be giving away an iPad. So Courtney will share all the announcements later. But anyways, as I go into the altar call, uh, let's all stand, please. Who had a great night tonight again? This is great. This is fun. Yeah, thanks. I'll keep the water because, jeez. Great. Uh, can we get the keys unmuted?
Thanks. Amen. All right. So, move this back a little bit. Let's get out of my way. All right. So, as I started off the service saying uh, that you would have a chance tonight to give your life to the Lord, if you, I just, everybody can bow their heads and close their eyes. We're going into the next part of our service. And this part is, if you've never, like I, ta- like I said at the beginning of the message, being a new creature in Christ Jesus, becoming new, you must receive Jesus into your heart, and all things old have passed away, and they've become new. If you, you say, I have never received Jesus Christ, and as everybody has their heads bowed, you said, I've never received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Today, I want to make him the king of my life. I want to dedicate the Lord. If you say, that's me, uh, go ahead and raise your hand if you're in this place. You say, I've never dedicated my life to the Lord. There's hands going up all over the place. And you say, that's me. So that's the first call. The second call is, you say, you know, I used to know the Lord. I grew up in church, but I kind of kind of got away from things. Or you say, well, I, I kind of know my parents, my parents were saved, and I kind of went to children's church, but... I never really dedicated my life to the Lord, or I want to come back to the Lord. And you would like to rededicate your life to Christ tonight and say, Lord, from this moment on, I'm going to live for you. From this moment on, there's no more turning back. I'm going full force for you. Or you say, you say that I'm, I'm done. I'm done living my own life, and I'm going to do your will. I'm going to change everything I thought I was working for. And I'm going to give it to you. If you say, I've gotten away from you, Lord, and I want to come back tonight, go ahead and lift up your hand. That's going to, there's hands lifting up all over the place. And you say, I want to come back from the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, uh, everybody can put their hands down. If you raise, you know, the Bible says, and we do this because uh, this, isn't, this isn't just something we made up. But the Bible says, if you're ashamed before me, I'll be ashamed before you. I'll be ashamed before you. So, you know, Jesus died and hung on the cross publicly for our sake. He was beaten. He was bruised and hung on a cross for you and I because he loved you. Because he said he thought of you when he was hanging on that cross. Each and every one of us he died for. And that was done in love. And so as he loved us and died publicly... Those of you who raise their hands, we just want to come and uh, we're going to say a prayer, to de- prayer together. So come up and we'll give you a hand clap as you walk up today. So if you raise your hands in any one of those categories, we're just going to come say a quick prayer. And uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be a great night. Hello, everybody. I'm just going to shake your hand. Glad you're here. So uh, we're just going to say this. I just want you to say this prayer with me because the Bible says, If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So we're just going to pray this prayer uh, together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And you're coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and give me a passion for the lost. Now say, I'm saved, I'm born again, and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Be a great time. Well, I say welcome to the kingdom of heaven. Remember, always run to God and not from him because he loves y'all and has a wonderful plan for y'all's life. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for coming. Good night. Great to see you. All right. Uh, you can head back to your seats. And uh, if, if there's any prayer, we're just going to go quickly into this song. And if anybody uh, has any prayer requests or would like to get prayed for, uh, this is the time for that now. So as we go into the song, you can just come up to the altar and we'll believe, uh, stand with you for whatever you're believing. And if not, just begin to worship the Lord in this time.
Hallelujah. Well, who's had a great Friday night? Amen. Let's give a hand clap for the Lord. Or my clap. It's okay. I'm, or I guess Courtney's going to need it. All right. Well, that's the end of our service. Before we leave, we just want to give you some announcements. Uh, you may be seated. You can have a seat. We just want to give you some announcements and, uh, and a chance to give. But please don't forget, there are nachos. So stay after for the nachos. Here you go, nacho. Hallelujah. Who enjoyed the word tonight? Who received something? Amen. Well, um, we have some announcements we want to give everybody because we have a lot of things coming up in the coming months. So get out your calendars. Be a part of everything that we're doing. We don't just do young adult services at the end of the month. We have some things coming up. So um, I'm going to give you all some dates, some events, um, lots of fun things coming up. So end of August, nothing else for the rest of this month. But in September, we have um, a hang night coming up. Last, I think it was this week. Yeah, it was this week. We, had, we went and did a pickleball tournament on Tuesday. If you miss it, it was so much fun. So we always do hang nights once a month. We get together and we do something fun around. We find a fun place. Food's usually involved or, you know, refreshments. But we, we just like to have a lot of fun. So it's a good way to invite someone and um, get to know everyone else that's a part of the, the Houston Young Adult Ministry. So next month in September, we're going to be doing snowballs at Buzzles and a game night. So it's going to be... Um, I don't have the date quite. I don't have the date, but look out on social media. If you don't follow us, Houston Young Adults. Follow us. We're going to be doing that next month and come and be a part of that. I'm sure there's, there's going to be Monopoly deal, which is like the biggest game right now in my household, at least. It's just me and Georgie. We play every night, but um, I'm winning. So if you want to beat me, uh, you probably won't be able to, but you know, you can try. Um, also, uh, next month in September, it's a deadline. It's not, there's, this event's not in September, but Georgie had mentioned a little bit. It's our annual millionaire dinner. Who's been to the millionaire dinner in the past? Okay, so a few people. A lot of people haven't. Um, so it's going to be awesome this year. We're really excited. We do this every year. And what it is, um, it's a night of vision. We, we go into a, a fancy restaurant. We have a nice dinner together, all together, and we hear a word. We hear a word about what, it, uh, what the Lord has in store for his people in terms of kingdom prosperity. He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to be blessed, and he wants us to be a blessing in the world. And so we're going to talk about that, um, and, and we're going to get a vision. We're going to get out of, like he was saying, the normal Canes, McDonald's, all the, you know, the things we always go to. And we're going to go into a, 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 a nice dinner, and we're going to enjoy a meal together, and we're going to receive a night of vision. Um, so with that, there is you have to purchase tickets. There is a fee, but the the idea is we're letting you know it in advance so you can believe the Lord for finances. If you can believe the Lord to pay your bills, if you can believe the Lord for anything else, he wants you to believe the Lord for increase for whatever it is that you desire in life. And so I remember um, in the past, people have believed for finances to come in um, and someone got blessed, someone received, someone purchased their ticket for them, someone the money came in supernaturally, so whatever you got to do to be there, do it. The registration's online. There's limited seats. I think we have like 35 tickets left, so it's not that many. Um, get your tickets as soon as you can, 
and it's going to be a powerful night. The date is October the 13th, and it's at 7 p.m. We're going to be going to Fogo de Chao in Woodlands. So if you've been there before, it's delicious. It's going to be a beautiful night. We get dressed up. We have a, a wonderful time. But the, dude, the deadline to sign up is September 13th, so that's in a couple of weeks. So putting that on your radar, we're going to have a guest speaker. We're going to have awesome giveaways so you don't want to miss this night. It's going to be awesome. Um, and then also in September, we have our next Houston Young Adults Night. We always do every last Friday of the month. But in September, we're going big. It's going to be HYA Extravaganza. And I know y'all are not that excited about it yet, but I'm going to tell you why you need to be excited. We're, Jordy mentioned this already. We're going to be doing a $500 giveaway. We're going to be giving away iPad. We're going to have gift card giveaways. It's going to be a big blowout blessing service. And what we're going to do is we're, if you, you're going to get a ticket. If you come, you're going to get a ticket. When you bring somebody, you're going to get a ticket when you bring another person. So we're going to pack this place out. And people are going to hear the gospel. People are going to receive Jesus. And we're actually going to go into Lone Star um, next month. We're going to go out a couple of days, and we're going to invite students from Lone Star to be a part of this. And we're going to um, set up a table. We're going to have pizza for them um, on campus. And then we're going to show them what we're raffling off. We're going to invite them, and they're going to receive Jesus. They're going to receive an opportunity to get connected with other young adults. And so we've been wanting to go into Lone Star and have uh, like an outreach style event for a while, but um, we're not able to have an event on campus, but we are able to go and do this. And so it was an open door. We're jumping in on it. We're going to do what is available to us, and we're going to see a great harvest from that. So if you want to be a part of going on campus and helping out, getting Lone Star people here, getting people, um, uh, students here to be a part of that night to hear the the gospel let uh one of the leaders know i want to be there you might have to take off work but it's gonna be worth it um and we're really excited about that that's going to be on september 29th make sure you're there and you invite 10 people amen we're gonna have food giveaways grand prizes and ipad and big cash giveaway and then um also stay tuned if you follow us on instagram we've been doing prayer and breakfast. So every Saturday we have uh, prayer at the church, but there is um, a certain day of the month that we'll go and do breakfast after. So come to prayer every time, but we'll let you know when we're doing breakfast after. And um, it's been a lot of fun. So that prayer is at 8 a.m. and then we go to breakfast after. And that's basically it. It's fun though. <laughs> we also have nachos after, pick up your kids um, and the child care, and y'all can enjoy that, but we're going to give everybody an opportunity to sow tonight. Um, I want to read a scripture, and we're going to go to the word um, real quick, because if we're going to have an opportunity to be blessed through giving and sowing and tithing, then we want to know why we're doing something. We don't just do something without the understanding. So Genesis 12, verse 1, I'm in the Amplified Classic says, now in Haran, uh, or the Amplified, AMP, um, now in Haran, the Lord had said to Abram, go away from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make you, say, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you abundantly, and I will make your name great, exalted, and distinguished. 
and you shall be a blessing, a great sor- a source of great good to others. And I will bless and do good and benefit those who bless you. And I will curse, that is, subject to my wrath and judgment, the one who curses, despises, and dishonors and has contempt for you. And in you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. Hallelujah. So this is the story about when God blessed Abraham. So a lot of us know this story, but this was the story of the blessing that came upon Abraham. It's the wonderful promise that God actually fulfilled in Abraham's life. He didn't just tell him, I'm going to make you something, but he actually made Abraham something. And so he came and he told him, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you distinguished. I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to make you stand out all because of the blessing that's going to be coming upon you. And this blessing that's upon you is not so that you are just blessed, but now you are going to be a blessing to many. And he became a blessing. We are walking in the blessing that Abraham was given. We are heirs of that blessing. So the blessing that was upon Abraham has been given to us. And we get to walk in that very same blessing that was put upon Abraham. And so, like I said, Abraham received this blessing. He actually walked in it. The next chapter, this is Genesis 12. The next chapter in Genesis 13, it says that Abraham, he experienced a famine. He went to Egypt. He got dislocated from his, where he was sent. And he went to Egypt for a little bit. There was a great famine in the land. And then it says that he found himself in a place where Abraham was very rich, very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. So God, what God said he was going to do, he did in his life. He blessed him. He made him wealthy. He made him rich. He multiplied him. He increased him. The Bible says when Abraham was called, he was just one man. He was just one, but then he made him into a great nation. He got to the point where he actually had armed, trained men in, in his clan. He, was, he became so big as a one person that he had a nation with him. He had an army. He went to go fight battles. He went to go win spoils. He had livestock. He had servants. He had families. They were spread out over large areas of territory. This man started from nothing, but God said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make you great. And that is the blessing upon your life. Discovering that this blessing is upon your life breaks you from smallness in your life. It actually breaks you out of this is, all, this is, the, this is as much as I can go in life. It takes you to a higher level, and it opens your eyes that I, I, it's not just what I see. It's not just what I, um, what I know. There's more. So the, the Bible says that Abraham believed that he was blessed. And when you believe that you're blessed of the Lord, what that starts to do is that you start to act differently. You start to speak differently. You start to think differently. I remember when I discovered that I was blessed, that was when I became a giver. I wasn't a giver until I discovered that I am blessed. And when I realized I was blessed, then I'm, how can I not give? I'm blessed. 
I, I have to give because I am blessed by God. And that's when I started giving. And when you give, the Bible says that it shall come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and made room for more. That's when I started to see increase in my life. That's when I started to see financial testimonies. That's when I started to see what, the, where, what I could not do on my own. It was when you, and I started giving, and when I started realizing I am blessed, and it was for me to be able to be a blessing, just like he told Abraham here. So it, it changed the way that I thought. It changed the way that I acted, and it changed the way that I do things. You'll start to, when you understand that you're blessed, you're going to start thinking differently. You're going to think about how, who can I be a blessing to? How can I be a blessing? You start to live in such a way that you're, you're looking to bless people. You're looking to be a blessing wherever you go. And so with that, you have to realize that you are blessed. You live to bless. The blessing of God does not run out. It's not just so that you will just have enough to pay your bills. It's not just enough just for you. But somehow, some way, you can continuously give and be a blessing, and it, you increase supernaturally. I don't know how it works other than that the Bible says that God brings the increase. And then last thing on this scripture, it says that uh, who, those who bless you will be blessed. You know, we had Kofi here last week, and I, I, we sowed the first night, and within 24 hours, we had reaped the, the, a, a return of the exact amount of what we sowed the night before. It was within 24 hours that it came back unto us, that someone sowed into us. And I, I, I told that person, you're blessed, because when you sow, when you sow into me, you're sowing into good ground. You're sowing, and you're going to be blessed as a result. And so you got to know if people sow into you, if people give unto you, they're going to be blessed. And the Bible says if people try to curse you, God says if people try to curse you, if people try to do you wrong, if people try to put you down, if people try to fail you, that, that, that failure, that curse actually comes upon them. It can't come upon you because what God has blessed, no man can curse. So if it seems like you're failing, the Bible says that the blessing is your empowerment to prosper. You can't fail with the blessing. You can only succeed. And so no, you are blessed. You are blessed to be a great blessing. Discover it, see it, understand it, and live out of that place of the blessing. So we're going to get everybody an opportunity to sow into the work of the Lord tonight. If you would like to, to sow, just there's ways on the screen. You can do cash app. We have envelopes, but ask the Lord what he would have you do. Ask the Lord and, and do it and be obedient and know that there is a reward. There is a blessing on the other end of your obedience. There is faithfulness of God to always com to be committed to his word to you. You can know if, if God has said in his word, he will bring it to pass in your life. Whatever the need is, he will provide. Whatever, the, whatever you're believing in the word of God, he will fulfill in your life. Praise the Lord. So we're, we, whenever you're done with that, you can come and um, they're going to pass it. They're going to pass the buckets around. But we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the work of the Lord. Because we're going out and blessing. We're going to go out to Lone Star. We're going to win souls. This is good ground for you to sow into and to see the harvest. And one thing is for sure. The Bible says that when you sow, you shall reap 30, 60, and the 100 fold. I know for me, if the 100-fold is available, 100-fold means 
100 times as much as what you put into the ground, you can reap. There's a 30. That's, that's great. 30-fold 30, 30 return's great. 60-fold return, that's even greater. But if there is a 100-fold return available, that's what I'm believing for. And that's what I'm believing for is for you tonight as well as you sow into good ground, that you're going to see a 100-fold return on everything that you plant in the ground. So I'm going to say a quick prayer over the seat tonight and close the service. And um, if you have to put your envelopes in the bucket, they can take that as well. But we're going to say a quick prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, for tonight. I thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for every person, every young adult here, Lord. I thank you that they received a word, Father, tonight. I pray, Lord, that word, Lord, would never return void. Lord, that as it was sown into their heart, Lord, that it would produce the 100-fold return in their life. And they're going to see fruit. They're going to see results in their life. They're going to see great change, positive, great change and transformation as a result of your powerful mighty word we thank you for your presence here tonight we thank you lord that you are the one who saved us made us brand new redeemed us lord to live the good life father it's a life of abundance it's a life of blessing it's a life of goodness and mercy that follow us all the days of our lives lord we thank you for the opportunity to sow into your work tonight father we thank you lord for all the things lord that that this ministry is able to accomplish with the grace and the help that you have given us father we thank you lord for as we sow tonight we pray for a mighty increase a 100 fold return over every seed soon i thank you lord for your blessing that overtakes us thank you for your empowerment to prosper thank you lord that with you we cannot fail father we love you we honor you tonight and we pray this all in the mighty name of jesus and i bless each and every one of them here. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the goodness of God upon their lives. I thank you for your mighty hand in Jesus' name. May they, Lord, only be here and grow and produce and never go backwards, but only upwards as your word has proclaimed. We love you, Lord, and we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, and we all said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, we have nachos in the back. If you want to stay, you better because I want to talk to you and hang out. So go to the back. We're going to enjoy some nachos and we're going to have a good time together. See y'all there.